Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Andy Murray of What Culture to talk about things that must happen before WrestleMania 38. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Andy Murray to talk about his article, 10 WWE things that must happen before WrestleMania 38. And, well, let's dive straight into it, Andy, because I don't really need to ask you what the catalyst behind this list was. Um, with the entry at number 10 and something you and I were really enjoying uh, watching UFC this weekend, which is just having fans back properly. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. So, like, before we just lavish this uh, this UFC show with praise, as, as great a show as it was, um, yeah, probably very irresponsible, right? Having oh, 15,000 people in this arena when the president of your company is a maniac who's like, hey, you don't have to wear masks. Hey, who cares? This whole thing's blown out of proportion and all that stuff. Um, although I'd be remiss not to praise the measures they took uh, avoiding the global health crisis before all this. But that Jacksonville show sounds like an absolute uh, catastrophe waiting to happen, so we'll see what comes out of that. But the other side of the coin of all that was, and you know, I think if you're able to separate the two, it's very difficult to do so. But the noise was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, just had this energized crowd in a building uh, for the first time in over a year it took every single thing to a new level. And that's in mixed martial arts. Like in pro wrestling, the whole point in, in mixed martial arts, your chief goal is to win the fight, right? Yeah. Some people are more entertainers than others, but really you want to tap someone out, get a decision, knock them out, whatever, whatever. In pro wrestling, it's all about working the crowd. If you can't work the crowd, nothing else matters. So I think it's going to be doubly insane uh, when, when they return to wrestling. And you kind of got the impression from the way the fighters were competing as well, that they were fired up and ready to go and throwing everything into their performances. But obviously, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call for WWE to next week book a 15,000 seat arena with no social distancing and no whatever else, indoors, no masks, stupid rules all over the place. None, none of that. A safe, 
slow return to normality. <laughs> Not just spamming everything at once. WrestleMania was a success in, in terms of bringing people back through the door. AEW has done some good things with Daily's Place and spacing people out and putting them in pods. A slow, gradual return to normality until we get to the point where we can have these fully attended arenas safely. Because the vaccine rollout in the United States has has been insane recently. It's been crazy. Um, on course for a tremendous rollout across the board. Normality is going to come back a little bit quicker than we thought it would, and that's great. Um, really, I, I mean, what's going to hinder this? What's going to stop fans coming back before next WrestleMania? It's like another mutation or another variation or whatever, and God forbid that would happen. Um, but we're on course to do it, and watching some of those fights, it, as guilty as I felt for, you know, endorsing this this, this potentially... Uh, What's the word I'm looking? What's the word I'm looking for? Potentially irresponsible practice, yeah. right? From the UFC. Uh, undoubtedly, it, it it made me feel alive again watching the show, man. Mm. It was crazy. It's weird watching. I said this at the time. It's weird watching WrestleMania 37 because it sounds negative when I say this, but it felt like the crowd had regressed like 20 years. And that's a good thing. I, I hasten to add. But it felt very sort of old school in the sort of way they received heels and baby faces, and they, you know. Like you and I, like you say, representative of how starved of action that, that wrestling fans are, that they will pop for near enough anything, let's be perfectly honest. But yeah, a fully attended WrestleMania next year. Um, fingers crossed, like you say, without any of the uh, safeguards that we've needed unquestionably and still do need um, would be, would be truly, truly sensational from something that brings joy into your heart. I'm going to bring you crashing back down to reality, Andy Murray. With nonsense. And I say that as a man who is previewed earlier on today and will inevitably watch tonight alongside yourself, a show with a woman playing a child with a doll and a man who got set on fire and then got beaten by an RKO. Spooky bollocks. Um, You, I've known this for quite some time. Not exactly the biggest fan of not even just this storyline, but what it encapsulates, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I really think they've got to get rid of this stuff. Like, I I get that everything is subjective, and particularly when you have something like this, which is supernatural and a bit weird and a bit cartoonish and, and everything else. But what to what benefit do you have this on your show, right? What is the huge boost of having Alexa Bliss seemingly playing a child and this spooky murder clown who can control... <sighs> It, we're not there talking has never... to you we are not talking to you we're doing a podcast sorry andy she interrupted you there oh god curses curses um but this thing has never driven viewership or anything like that you know you've had some good merch sales and everything else but like uh, it kind of for me comes at the cost of the suspension of disbelief um i know i'm not alone in saying this a lot of people who watch professional wrestling uh, are taken totally out of it by this spooky nonsense. Now, uh, a common counterpoint to this, of course, is, well, The Undertaker exists. Yeah, The, the Undertaker exists. Uh, yes, he debuted in 1990. <laughs> um, you know, I was three years old when, when The Undertaker debuted in WWE. I'm 33 years old now. Uh, so uh, the arguments like that don't really stack up to me. The, the, the whole thing, what 
the best way to possibly describe the current Alexa Bliss and, and Bray Wyatt's stuff is that if you were just sitting there watching a show and say a family member or a partner or a sibling or whatever walked into the room who had never seen wrestling before, it's the kind of stuff you would be embarrassed by. You would turn it off. You would hide the remote even. Because it, it, when you remove yourself from you know, the this thing that you watch every single week and you try and look at it independently, it, it's it's really horrendous. Um, I, I have trouble not being subjective over this because I don't see what good it brings in any single way. I get that some people like their their sports entertainment to be a little bit out there and a little bit over the place. But for me, this stuff just violates the accepted psychology, the decades-old accepted psychology of what professional wrestling is. I don't think that anyone can reasonably expect WWE to be taken seriously as a product, especially Raw, with this weird tripe going on every single week. And uh, for me, they've got to flush it in the bin, man. They've got to get rid of it. The Bray Wyatt cult leader character had a lot going for him. Uh, you know, there were still some elements that didn't really jibe uh, with, with, with standard pro wrestling psychology and everything else. Um, but it was a lot easier to swallow than this. This stuff is 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 nuts. I keep hearing about how creative it is. Is it really creative? Though? Okay, the costume design is pretty cool. The mask is really detailed. But I mean, how many horror movies over the past, I don't know, 100 years has, has this just borrowed tropes from all over the place? It's not creative. It's just taking a really basic idea from somewhere else and trying to put it in pro wrestling where it doesn't fit for me. Um yeah, man, like I, f I feel like I've annoyed enough people with this point already. But for me, it should it belongs in a dumpster fire, man. It really does. Pro wrestling can be whatever it wants to be, right? But it has to be that within a pro wrestling framework. Yeah. It, it shouldn't necessarily be a big song and dance that has nothing to do with two competitive people trying to win a fight, like a scripted fight in the in the ring. Um Alexa Bliss is doing mind control and swinging on a chair and thinks she's five and she's got this talking doll. It's like, no, man, this isn't Goosebumps. This is not a Goosebumps novel. R.L. Stein is not scripting this stuff. Someone worse is scripting this stuff. It needs to end. I will not give, it, give up this campaign until it does end. And when it does, I, will, I won't celebrate it, but I'll probably have a beer and go, thank God, it's done. Apologies if you got sort of spoken across there again. Whenever you mention Little, Bliss, Little Miss Bliss's name, sets her off. Uh, and oh, you're that's what that was. All right, Amazon, Jeff Bezos spying yeah, on us, saying something along the lines of, I can't find put something in a dumpster fire in your contacts. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you've, you've mentioned a point there that I wanted to get onto actually, um, which I, I've been thinking more and more about this. Uh, and it's you know, and I guess the argument, the counter argument to this is, well, like you say, again, The Undertaker worked and still, still works, arguably. Not to the same extent, obviously, but for all the, if you do consider this good drama and it's divisive to say the least, it still ends in a wrestling match. It has to. That's the confines of the thing you're working in. And that's why, and this is going to possibly set off a whole other firestorm. I think it's becoming more and more comparable to the part-time wrestler stuff you know when it was like this guy's a dumpster guy but also sometimes he wrestles this guy yeah. is a goon but sometimes he wrestles this guy is a murder clown but sometimes he wrestles and he wants titles like it, it doesn't translate like you say and and i think you're right i think you know for everything else you can go oh yeah they did that 
even to us, even to the nth degree, even like you can say, yeah, Triple H shagged the mannequin, but it was all <laughs> to wind up Kane because of his backstory and Doe getting edge in a match. Like that, that, do you see what I mean there? In terms of like, yeah. at least yeah. even if someone walks in, you can go, ah, yeah, but this is a means to an end, not. Ah, but this is leading to him, leading to him to a swamp, drowning him and taking the title. Like, it just doesn't work, does it? it just doesn't translate yeah. into wrestling. Yeah, context. exactly. And there's people out there who try to pretend that this stuff is like this crazy, deep, shared universe storytelling. It's like it's like a, a thousand-page novel, man. There's so much lore in this. It's like you're not playing Skyrim, bro. You're like, it's a it's a wrestling character, and it's a paper-thin wrestling character. It's a guy with a spooky mask and an infantile girlfriend who may or may not be under her control anymore, and she's got a doll, and everyone absolutely sucks. It's like, <laughs> it's maddening, the, the the discourse surrounding all of this stuff. It, it drives me around the bend, honestly, like nothing else in wrestling, because it's it's crazy. It's insane. It's it, There's nothing deep or, or nuanced or anything else. People will work themselves, tie themselves into knots to justify this. Like at WrestleMania, because Bray had slimmed down a bit or whatever, when he wrestled the match with Randy Orton, there was all these numpties on social media going, oh, wow, what if it's uh, Bo Dallas? He might be coming in. He's his brother. He could be another fiend and all of this stuff. And what if Sister Abigail is behind the mask? And like, I mean, no offense, generally, if, if you're into this stuff, fair enough, we're all different people. It's all subjective. We all have different tastes. I wish you no ill will whatsoever. Um, it just doesn't make a lick of sense in the bra- in my brain and my brain has been consuming pro wrestling since 1992. Uh, it, it, it doesn't stand up. Maybe if this debuted in 1990 with The Undertaker, it would stand mm. a better chance. But we've all moved on. We've all moved on from this garbage. Uh, the, the various eras we've come through should have swept it all the way into the ocean. But uh, anyway, that, welcome to the, the Fiend Burial Hour section of this podcast. I'm very sorry for anyone who's already turned off. Um, but they've got to get away from it for me for the product to move forward this change the channel nonsense has got to go it's non and it is nonsense from start to finish ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Anyway, from something we, we try and hide from our friends when it comes to wrestling, something I quite openly push them towards and that is Roman bloody reigns what a star he has become uh over the last year or so I suppose maybe maybe less than that uh of course with his understandable missing of last year's Wrestlemania for uh for medical reasons I think he has been a revelation from SummerSlam onwards if you ask me um He's the reason why I just so enjoy any, you know, if it's Triple H coming out every week, cutting promos and going, you don't even deserve to face me. I probably would feel very differently, but I think (laughs) he's one of the shining lights of not just SmackDown, but of WWE. And one of the things you want them to do ahead of WrestleMania 38 is find the person who takes over for him. Because as much as it's great now, I sense by next April, we may well be, quite rightly, if they book this the right way, begging for someone to to replace him. Yeah, for, for sure. A fundamental component of the star-making process in professional wrestling is having the next guy up. You need to know who eventually, at the end of this tremendous Roman Reigns title run, who's going to be the person who's finally able to stand up to this guy and finally beat him after this long dominant run on top where he's stacked the odds against every single person. He's beaten Daniel Bryan, he's beaten Edge, Kevin Owens, uh, loads of other people. He's going to beat Daniel Bryan again this this coming week. He's probably going to beat Cesaro at the pay-per-view after that. It's what it's all about. It's not just about having this person sitting there at the top. And I think they've done an excellent job with Roman Reigns, both like as he was like a dominator when he first came back. Now he's more of a cowardly heel in the way he stacks the odds against people, which he's great at as well. He's tremendous at it. Um, And surrounding himself with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman and everyone. So yeah, they, they do just need to sit down and go, okay, so who's getting the rub to beat Roman Reigns? Uh, how are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? And when are we going to start? Because you need to start now. You need to have somebody bubbling away in the background, building up and building up and working their way up the ladder so that they can believably dethrone the tribal chief. They have a similar problem with Walter on NXT UK. Who the hell is on that guy's level, right? They've got to build up someone down there. But on their most watched show, SmackDown, it's the same. For me, um, if I'm looking at the options available to them right now, and you know, I'm sure they'll probably have a draft between... Now and whenever they take the belt off Roman, I think he's going to hold it for a long, long time. Um, but for me, looking at it, I think Big E might be the best choice. Yes! Um, 
He's he's an all-around beast of a man uh, in terms of what he can do in the ring, in terms of uh, how great an athlete he is, but also in terms of his personality. I think he's pretty much it. I mean, you know, if he was like seven inches taller, I'm sure he would have been like world champion like nine million times in a row by now because he's <laughs> he's he's a monster. That's not to say that he's shorter. His size has ever held him back because that would be a ridiculous statement. But you know what I mean? I, I think he will, he would be the guy. I don't see what he lacks uh, on the WWE check sheet. I think he has to get through uh, the lingering, you know, any lingering issues he has with Apollo Crews and, and uh, Commander Aziz and all that stuff uh, and make a clean break from the Intercontinental Championship division. Uh, failing upwards is very much a thing in pro wrestling, right? You lose a mid-card belt, you advance to another division. It happens all the time. It's not great. But, you know, it's a hallmark of WWE and New Japan in particular. They're very bad for it. Um, but they have the opportunity to do something longer term. So it's not just suddenly like, oh, he's left the IC division. He gets to, he's facing Roman Reigns. Now, that doesn't make any sense. They can do this over a year if they want. They could build this all the way to WrestleMania in Hollywood. Uh, that's two years away. What am I talking about? It's Dallas. We're going to Dallas. Oh. Uh, but they could build this thing for a year, man. Biggie could win the Royal Rumble. A lot of us picked him for this year's Royal Rumble. Um, but if you do it slower, if you take your time, honestly, what does the guy lack? What does Biggie lack that could prevent him from being just a colossal main event babyface hero? I think he's the guy. I would entertain arguments for a number of other people as well. But for me, the timing is right. He's never been the top champ. Let's just do it. Let's do the thing. Why not? Why not? You will not hear a single complaint from me regarding this booking. I think it is the most wide open, open goal WWE have had in years. And I realize they've had quite a few of them. <sighs> Becky Lynch, Dana <laughs> Baszler at WrestleMania, for example, mm. where they go, ah, no, we'll change our mind. And, you know, even to, to, to balance, the, balance things out, the Fiend should have beaten Randy Orton at WrestleMania this year. Just because Vince got out of bed that weekend and changed his mind shouldn't change things. And that will lead into one of our final yeah. points, actually, today. But yeah, like, it's really, really easy. Like, I'm not going to book you through every single pay-per-view. But yeah, having beat Brian, even if it's through shenanigans this week, having beat Cesaro, having beat Cesaro on two pay-per-views, Having beat him through shenanigans at Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, sorry, where's my manners, and having beat him again at Money in the Bank. And like, you just have to book month to month and make everyone seem credible. You know, when I watched Rich Swan, Kenny Omega over the weekend, I didn't think, oh, maybe Rich Swan will win the title. Oh, that'd be a hell of a swerve. I thought Kenny Omega's leaving with all the bloody gold here. But you st I still bought on, you know, the cutter or, or whatever it may be, the near falls that you get in those sorts of matches. It's, you just need good booking and you, you know, and if you, people sit there and say, well, what about The Rock challenging him? That's, that's the big match. Look, you can have The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Hollywood, like you say, the year after. Or if you get the opportunity to do it before then, just because you've got The Rock. Think about all the other storylines you've sacrificed over the years, WWE. Doesn't mean it has to happen at WrestleMania. Imagine the eyes that would be on the Royal Rumble, which, as I agree with you, Andy, should be won by Big E. Imagine the eyes being on that if you said Roman Reigns versus The Rock and Roman Reigns beats The Rock clean and they go, oh, God, we've just used, like, our ace. And who, who the hell is going to stop him now? And then Big E's there going, 
I've won the Rumble. Like Biggie main events ahead, maybe, maybe Biggie wouldn't main event, but Biggie's on the same show. You main event with Roman versus The Rock, and there it is. It's really easy. But yeah, uh, I, I genuinely I love a lot of the guys on that WWE roster. But aside from Biggie, I, I don't think anyone else can be the person to be that successor over Roman Reigns um, and be the, the catalyst for change within WWE. Having said that, Andy Murray, maybe the person who should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 38 is Pat McAfee, because we need more celebrities in wrestling because they're great. Yeah, absolutely. Like, So I think maybe the past year or so, let's say a year, um, has forecasts how wwe should use celebrities going forward because for years in wwe and it's kind of weird considering that you know one of their great successes back in the day was cindy lopper who was at the cultural zeitgeist and helped usher in the rock and wrestling era in the 80s and was hugely important uh, to that era of the company but over the years the thing with wwe has become oh they're using all these old guys who are like 10 years out of their prime remember it even it even goes as far as memes and like you know remember when they had grumpy cat like host an episode <laughs> of raw and it was like five years after that meme was even popular it's like they're so far behind culturally that when they bring a celebrity in often it's like what the hell are they doing like this this is really really strange um but this year it's been tremendous like the past year or so they they've picked they've gone with people who are genuinely relevant to modern pop culture and whether you like uh i i always get them mixed up i'm sorry the paul brother that they use logan logan Logan, right whether you like logan paul whether you like bad bunny uh, where you like Pat McAfee, it, it doesn't matter because these people are relevant. Uh, they are popular today. They're not popular 10 years ago. They are popular today. And that's what makes all the difference. Bad Bunny sold a half a million dollars worth of merchandise in his first week in the company. And then he had a tremendous match at WrestleMania. It was so much fun uh, after putting in the hard work in the gym, grafting, grinding, learning the craft, respecting the trade and pulling off the match. Logan Paul played his role well at WrestleMania. Uh, the whole building wanted to see him get his ass kicked. He got his ass kicked. Yeah. Perfect. The guy, say what you will about him personally. Uh, I'll keep, you know, I think he's kind of an asshole. Uh, that's how he comes off as well. But he makes you want to see him get punched in the face. He's a good heel. Yeah. Um, you know, less said about photographs in graveyards and stuff, the, the better, because that stuff's mm-hmm. gross, obviously. Um but then you got Pat McAfee, who is just, oh, geez, what a re- relevation. Relevation? <laughs> Revelation. He, he has been. I'm in my words as well, mate. Look at that man. What a piece. He's tremendous. He's excellent. The Adam Cole match, you could, and I wouldn't argue you if you said this, it could, you could say it's the best celebrity match of all time. Yeah. He then did war games and threw himself about like a lunatic. <laughs> he cuts great promos. He loves wrestling. He co-promoted it on his show. And now he's on SmackDown and he's fun on commentary. A WWE commentator is fun. Who thought we would ever say that with the overproduced nature of the job they have to do? The very difficult job they have to do, but it is overproduced. Uh that's what WWE have got to keep doing going forward. For me, uh, it's an opportunity to grow your brand when you use people who are culturally relevant now. It doesn't matter if you listening at home don't like Bad Bunny's music. Hey, I don't like Bad Bunny's music either, but it worked. The yeah. thing worked in terms of merchandise sales. That's what they need to do going forward. I want to see more celebrity appearances, honestly, because when they're done right, they're awesome. 
I don't want to see it every week or every month even, but a couple here and there. AEW have done a good job with it as well recently, I think. Uh, Shaq, Shaq ruled. Uh, <laughs> not maybe not to the same level as Bad Bunny or or uh, or Pat McAfee or whoever else. But this is the way to do it. Yeah. People who are relevant now. Let's whoever they employed over the past year who's figured out that they need relevant celebrities is worth their weight in gold for sure. One final thing I would add to that, like I say, I completely agree with what you said. And one final thing I would add is just I had a, one question just before they signed the contract to commit to whatever it is, and that is. Final question. They know like the in uh, the Great Escape where they trick him by doing good luck and they oh English, thank you very much. Aha, got you. Just say <laughs> uh, one final question before you sign that contract. What's the name of our uh, August pay per view? Oh, you mean the Summerfest? Ha ha, got you. You don't bloody know what it's called. Uh, right, one <laughs> final thing to talk about. I don't normally do the number one spot on these lists. Please do still go and check out Andy Murray's list. Whatculture.com, Ten WWE things that must happen before WrestleMania 38, including finding out which person he thinks WWE should cut ties with. Oh. Without the number one entry on this list, Andy, everything we've discussed, aside from fans coming back, and even that, there'd be less fans if things stay the same they are. It can't happen without, as you said, a complete creative overhaul, and that includes probably the boss man. Yeah, so I really do hate making this point. I, I cannot stand making this point because you do it so many, many, so many times. And it's clear that Vince McMahon is here to stay. He's a Lazarus. He's immortal. Um, he's going to stay in that job for a long, long time and everything else. And there's not going to be a cr complete creative overhaul because he's been there for 30 years or whatever, longer, uh, obviously longer than 30 years. What am I talking about? He's uh, set in his ways. These habits are a product of him. The way the shows are reflect him and his preferences and how he runs the company and everything else. Generally, genuinely hate bringing this point up that for real change to come to WWE creatively, there has to be a big shakeup. Somebody has to switch things around and maybe Vince doesn't have the final say on anything. But you have to make that point when you're talking about something like this because there's no point in saying, yeah, they should push Cesaro or they should uh, they should have five women's matches on the show or they should do this, they should give Daniel Bryan another run. There's no point in saying any of that without acknowledging that the reason that a lot of these fantasy booking scenarios that we all think would be really good don't come to fruition is because creative will not allow those things to happen. Mm. So for me, it's a point you have to acknowledge every single time. That's why I put it in the list. Uh, it wasn't to be like, hey, yeah, Vince sucks, he's got to go. <laughs> the fact is, WWE is more profitable today than it ever has been, right? The the, the goal of the business has shifted as well. If you listen to Nick Khan, uh, I think it was Colin Cowherd's podcast he was on the other week. He said, he outright said, we are not a wrestling company. We are a media company. We are a content company. Mm -hmm. um, our number one goal is to branch out into other forms of media. So we can't sit here and say all these cool storylines should happen and all of this stuff because that's not their goal. Their goal is to just keep what they're doing and that's milking as much uh, money out of this massive volume of content they produce as possible. Um, I don't know if we will ever really see uh, a shift like this until Vince is genuinely no longer able to, to perform to the level he wants to as the big boss. Um, he's not going to step away willingly. I wonder, and I have this sneaking suspicion in the back of my head, if his last big roll of the dice is going to be to sell the company to someone like NBCU, uh, who obviously have the content rights for the, the archive now on Peacock. Mm -hmm. um, we'll just have to wait and see. But 
all the issues people have with WWE, all the major problems with the creative and the storylines and the booking patterns and 50-50 booking and scripted promos and not pushing this guy and this person and blah, 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 blah. They are all a product of the existing system. And this system has been in place for a long, long time. If it doesn't change, nothing else can change. So we can't have a conversation like we're having today without making this point. Like I said, I don't like it. I think it's, uh, oh, and we say it like every single week, right? It's overdone. But it has to be made because it's relevant and it's true. Uh, and until it happens, until there's a big reshuffle, uh, things are just going to be the same. You're right, because at the end of the day, even if genuinely, I, I, you know, I, I rant and rave and moan about these team of writers and, you know, we take the piss out of segments and you think how have, you know, teams of 40 plus writers written this, you know, with a week's preparation uh, et cetera, et cetera. Even if one of the best writers of all time suddenly joins WWE, at the end of the day, you're still always going to be catering to the audience of one. And you could write yeah. the best promo or the best storyline, whatever you want. At the end of it all, if he decides he doesn't like it, whether it be on the day or you know weeks before, but more than likely on the actual day, it will probably be, if he doesn't like it, then that's that's it. That's game over, really. Um, so, yeah, a complete creative overhaul. But the caveat being the creative has to be overhauled from the very top. Otherwise, everything we've discussed, aside from having fans back, might not happen. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, to the whim of the man at the top of the pile. And uh, look, the man at the top of the pile is 75 years old. He's not changing. He's no. not changing. Um that's what it's going to take. But, uh, you know, WWE, like we said, is booked as a content production enterprise now. It's not booked as a wrestling promotion. So you got to acknowledge all these things in a conversation like this. And uh, I do think it would be great if they if they pushed Cesaro, as the example we always use, Cesaro, uh, or did whatever else and got rid of scripted promos and stuff. It's not going to happen, though, until there's a big change. We can dream. Let us know your thoughts, though, on things that you'd like to see happen in WWE before WrestleMania 38 on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Happy Birthday, Kane. <laughs> Which is... Yep. Cool. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, uh, including, of course, tomorrow our review of Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been another top ten debate. My thanks to the articles author, which you the article which you still check out right now. WhatCulture.com. Ten WWE things that must happen for WrestleMania thirty eight. Thanks, Andy Mori. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.